Hello everyone and welcome to the 14th episode of the Dual Shockers webcast. I'm Giuseppe Nelva and I'll be your host as usual. If you're not familiar with the webcast, it's a weekly podcast about all things Japanese. Of course, the focus is on games, since Dual Shockers is a gaming website. But we also talk about anime, manga, Japanese geek culture and a few tidbits about Japan in general. Today's episode is about a specific game series. If you know me, you also know that Mavlov is one of my favorite gaming franchises of all time. I'm certainly not alone in this, since many consider it the best visual novel series ever. If you look to, if you go look it into places like VNDBE, you will see that it is super highly rated. Anyway, uh, we'll get there in a bit, because of course, as usual, we're gonna talk about the games we played, uh, that I played, uh, and, uh, the anime that I saw last week. Uh, I say last week. And actually, it's been two weeks since the latest episode of our webcast, because I took a little bit of a break. Why did I do that? Um, I did that because I went to Japan. No, I did not. I wish I did. I actually went to Spain uh, to visit Mercury's team, uh, which is the actually quite uh, linked to Japan, because it's uh, it worked on three Castlevania games for Konami, and on a uh, Metroid game for Nintendo, uh, Metroid Samus Returns. Um, they actually have a sensitivity that's quite close to Japanese games, and in fact, the um, the game that they're the, the game that they just made, the most recent release, which was Riders of the Broken Planet, uh, has quite a lot of Japanese aesthetics uh, mixed in. Um, they just rebranded it in, they're going to rebrand into, uh, Space Lords, uh, which is nothing to do with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and the game is going to go free to play. Uh, but yeah, uh, I interviewed their art director, which, uh, who actually cited quite a lot of anime for his inspiration, uh, especially classic ones like Ghost in the Shell, uh, Bell Angela Lita, and, um, Akira. Uh, so, and you can def, if you look at his art, you can definitely see that. Uh, but anyway, so I visit Mercury's team. I have quite a lot of interviews up there for that. Uh, it's not Japanese, but again, there is a little bit of influence from, uh, from Japan. And it's a studio that works with Japan a lot. So, uh, when it goes free to play on August 23rd, maybe you want to give it a try. Uh, I actually played it a bit when I was in the studio. Uh, the game was under my radar a lot. Uh, before because other people were covering it but i actually had a lot of fun uh playing it when i was there at the studio so i'm definitely gonna try it especially since the art is really fantastic for for someone like me that uh enjoys uh japanese artwork um in any case uh which that actually was most of the game playing that i did uh this week uh but that was the reason why last week uh there was no webcast but from this week on we are going to restart regularly every week actually next week uh, unless uh, something unexpected happens i'm going to have a special guest in the webcast, webcast and, but I'm not going to tell you who that is it's going to be a surprise in any case um this week, uh, that was mostly, most of the gameplay I did because I went to, two days to Spain and then I, I had a lot of, uh, news to cover. There was San Diego's Comic Con, uh, in the weekend. So I did play quite a bit of mobile stuff because, you know, that's what you do when you travel. Uh, especially I played a lot of Rumble Fantasy since, you know, the, the summer event is out, uh, there's bikinis and stuff. And there also was a, um, one of those galas that um, give you a twice as much probability of getting an SSR 
So I, I grinded a bit to get some crystals and to, uh, get some pulls there. I get, I got a couple of SSRs then, so I was happy. Um, and, uh, I played some current exiles again because I like that. I, but it's still not Japanese. And I, and I played a lot of Final Fantasy XIV. That was most of my, uh, PC gaming besides Conan Exiles this week. And as usual, uh, you know how much I love, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. And, uh, of course, I got to play quite a bit of Mavlov, <laughs> because, uh, I've been playing the, um, the PS Vita version of the games, the main two games that was just released by P-Cube. Um, and, uh, I actually, I'm already at, uh, Mavlov Alternative, where I played Mavlov Extra and Unlimited before, uh, and I'm playing Mavlov Alternative now on the Vita, and, uh, the experience is great. So, uh, I, I really like playing it on mobile. I'm actually hoping that it goes and that, that we get a Switch version. Oh, because I need it because I already have the beta version, but that would help the series get known by other people that didn't get it on PC or on PC, PS Vita. So, uh, especially probably give it a new renaissance in Japan since the series is, it's been quite a while since, uh, we got a new mobile game. Uh, in any case, um, let's move on to anime. What kind of anime did I play? Uh, I, did I play? <laughs> Sorry. What kind of anime did I watch? It's super hot, so my, my brain's a little mushy. So if I say something really, really stupid, please forgive me. I know you, you, you're very forgiving with me, so, so that's, that's good. <laughs> but yeah, there's been, uh, we are uh, right into the, uh, new season for anime, like the summer season, so there is a lot of stuff to play. Uh, there is a lot of stuff to watch. Um, one of the, my, my favorite anime has definitely been Angle Moa Genkoku Kasenki, uh, which I really like, and uh, it's on Crunchyroll if you want to watch it. Um, and uh, it's basically Ghost of Tsushima, the anime. <laughs> Uh, as I said in previous episodes, um, of course, it's not the same story, but it's exactly the same setting. It's the, the invasion of the Tsushima Island by the Mongols, uh, the first Mongol invasion of Japan. And it's a good way to get ready to, for, for Ghost of Tsushima, like getting a little bit more acquainted with the setting of the game. But the, the series itself, it, I don't watch it just because of Ghost of Tsushima, because the series itself is really good. I, I'm enjoying it a lot so far. Um, the, another series that I'm really, really enjoying is, uh, um, Kyoto Teramachi Sanjo, uh, No Holmes, uh, which is a mystery-ish, uh, shoujo-ish, uh, uh, series. I, I actually don't know if it's Shoujo or not, but it's uh, really, really fun. Um, I really like the expressivity of the characters, uh, the interactions and, uh, the way that, especially one thing that I really find it cute. Uh, the series is, uh, based in Kyoto. So most of the characters, uh, will speak Kansai Ben, which is the, um, Kansai dialect from Kyoto in Osaka. And, uh, that and the main character on the other hand uh, is still from Kyoto but he speaks uh Keigo uh, most of the time he speaks very polite Japanese uh which is is not like tainted by an, by a dialect inflection so there is a lot there, there's a lot of formal speak speech and the contrast between Kansai Ben and Keigo really make the anime fun to watch if you like Japanese, if you, if you, if you 
can understand a little bit of Japanese and can understand the difference. Uh, another series that started in the two weeks while I was away, um, well, I didn't do any episode, was uh, Yuraji Sono Yuna-san, uh, which is uh, a, a shown a, a man- from a manga on uh, Shonen uh, on Weekly Shonen Jump, and uh, it's a ecchi-ish, but more like on the shonen-ish version. It's not a seinen manga, so it's not like for adults, but it's more like the the playful ecchi for um, for um, younger targets but it's a really fun series i really like the interaction of the characters and basically it's about a guy that's like super poor but is also he has some um medium powers but his medium powers are not like like uh exorcism and stuff like anything formal basically he exorcises evil spirits by punching them <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and he gets into this uh in because he's super poor so and this in as a very low rent. Uh, it used to be it used to be a um, hot spring resort, and uh, basically he discovers that everyone in this inn is some kind of a monster girl, or uh, like there is also a ninja that hunts monsters and demons, and uh, the uh, <laughs> the 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 administrator of the of the inn is uh, she looks like a kid, little kid but she's of course uh, 300 years old or something uh, so yeah <laughs> they went there <laughs> and the funny thing is that um and of course since the rent is so low that's because his room is haunted by this uh, schoolgirl um schoolgirl ghost and he doesn't know why this girl doesn't what why she doesn't pass on and she which one is it, the regret that makes her be bound to that room? But it's it's a really tender, fun, cute story. So I, I am enjoy, I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, another one that I'm still enjoying quite a bit is uh, um, Sunohara uh, Sono Karin San. I haven't seen much of it yet, just the first two episodes. But that's cute. Uh, it's a very cute series. It's about a boy. That, uh, moves to Tokyo from the boonies to, <laughs> to become more manly because he is really short and really girly in his look. So everyone kind of treats him like a, like a girl. So, but, but of course everything goes wrong. It's, it's kind of funny. It, it's a, it's a fun, funny gag series mostly. So that's a very lighthearted one. Uh, there isn't much in terms of really serious series uh this um this season um another one that's uh i actually watched was uh, lord of vermilion uh gure no Ho, which is uh from of course a video game but that one really did not catch my attention i i watched the first episode and i was like mm, really nah uh i i'm probably going to watch a second one just out to be sure but I don't think I'm going to be really taken by that one, really. Uh, and then uh, I believe one that really 
is catching me on the other end is Anebato, which is uh, the uh, badminton-based sports series. Uh, there is a bit of drama, a little bit of sport, a little bit of comedy, and I, I'm enjoying it a lot. And I really like the um, the art style. Um, it's a uh, it's probably it's it's not as good in the art department as uh, Megalobox, which was my favorite sports series uh, last season but it, it still has a very very good art style so i'm enjoying that part of it and the story seems interesting as well so that's it for anime so we can move on to mavlove mavlove uh first of all warning there is going to be some spoilers here i'm going to try to, to keep it to mild spoilers but uh in order to talk about the the further chapters of the series, there is going to be a little bit of talk about what happens in the first games because otherwise it's basically impossible to talk about the plot of some of the games without without hinting to what happened in the first Mavlov uh, and uh, Mavlov Unlimited. Um, so, so keep that in mind. There is going to be some mild spoilers. I'm going to try to keep it mild. So. But if you really want, if you plan to play Mavlove, the Mavlove games and don't want any spoilers, you can stop listening here. I'm sorry if the, the episode was short for you, but um, to talk about Mavlove, a little bit of uh, spoiler talk, it's, it's indispensable, I believe. So Mavlove is a series. First of all, let's talk a little bit about uh, the series in general. Mavlov is a science fiction series, so uh, most of it, uh, because the first Mavlov actually starts as a romance, comedy, harem visual novel. Uh, it was released for PC on uh, in 2003, I believe, um, and it, in, it actually included Mavlov, the first game, and Mavlov Unlimited, the second game. They were released as a package. Um, and uh, they are still released the package now on Steam, and they released the pack. They've been released as package on uh, PS Vita. Um, as far as I know, Mavlov Alternative, which is the third game, was supposed to be released with that package at the beginning. They, ha- they were they were going to release Mavlov, Mavlov Unlimited, and Mavlov Alternative as one package. But then. Um, Let's say the Aja, the, the developer of the games, is not exactly the best of keeping up with um, with deadlines. So in the end, they ended up releasing the first two by themselves and then waiting quite a lot, actually, to release Alternative because Alternative actually was released, I believe... Uh, when was it released? Uh, actually, I don't remember exactly, but it was quite a lot after... Uh, the first game so it was um people were waiting and complaining and that's actually uh oh yeah um it's so it was released in 2006 so three years after the first two games uh and that's actually a pretty common thing in the story of the marvel of universe the marvel of franchise because 
Deadlines are <laughs> they're not good with deadlines. And if you if you know the the history of the kick, recent Kickstarter, that's still something that's still going on right now. But you know, good things come to 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 those who wait, and good things did come because Mavlov is a really, really, really good series. Anyway, Mavlov starts as a romance uh, story. Roman's visual novel in a school setting, so it could be the most, the least original, the most banal, the most, <laughs> the, the 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 most like common thing that you can think about. Uh, but thanks to the depth, the depth of the character design, the progression, the way they, the interaction, the way they are endearing and designed in a way that you make you care. Even just that first game becomes special rather soon. But when you get into, when you finish Mavlov uh, Extra, which is the first, and you move into Mavlov Unlimited, which is the second, still part of the first Mavlov package, uh, it pulls a complete 180 on you. The protagonist wakes up in his room. So, and uh, when he walks out, and normally there was this thing that in the first game, he gets woken up by uh, two of the girls that live with him. Um, like, alternatively, they, they kind of have this competition to wake him up. Because, you know, anime stuff, visual novels, like, protagonist, main protagonist always have this kind of thing that uh, girls are interested in him for no reason. And this was... Even more true in the first Mavlov because the protagonist really is a good-for-nothing idiot at the beginning of the game, uh, which is part of the charm. You, I will get there. Um, but you definitely don't know why the hell these girls are interested in this guy because, like, real girls would, like, run away as far as they can from this dude. Um uh, you can understand Sumika, one of the two, because she is a child of friends, so she's used to his uh, antics and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> but Maya, the other girl, she she's like a super rich, super super like educated uh, heiress of a zaibatsu. So why the hell is she interested in Takeru, the protagonist? And eh, you, you'll you, you'll see by yourself. Anyway, um, when you get into Unlimited. It, well, it finds no one trying to wake him up, and he walk out, walks outside, and he finds his uh, city destroyed. Um, he lives in Yokohama, by the way. And uh, basically, what happens is that he walks outside, and and not only the city is destroyed, but there is a mecca, <laughs> a, like a broken, ruined mecca, uh, crashed on Sumika's is. Child friend's house, so he understands something really wrong. At the beginning, is like, "Oh my God, there is a mecca! Oh, this is so fantastic! This is so awesome!" Uh, he thinks he's dreaming. Then he goes to his school. Uh, he finds no one around, of course. And then he goes to his school and he finds out that this school is has been is not his school anymore, and it's the base of the United Nations, and uh, it's and. Is completely like baffled because uh, the guards at the, at the entrance they uh, notice that he's wearing the uniform of the cadets that are training at this uh, base, but he doesn't have a unit badge, so they immediately arrest him and he gets thrown in jail. 
uh, then when he, um, after a while that he's being kept in jail, uh, a woman, uh, that looks like his science teacher, but she is not the same person, comes in and, and pulls him out of jail. And, um, but it, it tells her story and this lady, uh, she's actually a super genius, uh, believes him and basically we understand that he is in an alternate universe and uh, in which Hurt is being invaded by a ruthless and uh, completely soulless alien race that eats humans. Uh, and humanity is on the brink of collapse. They are fighting against this alien race with robots. Uh, the reason for that is actually pretty interesting, uh, because among these alien races called Beta, they, there is a class of aliens called Laser Class. And these lasers are able to hit anything flying in, uh, at kilometers, miles of distance with inane precision. And one hit can destroy a fighter or bomber, whatever is flying in one hit. So basically humanity had to completely change its uh, approach to uh, warfare because while in our world uh, air superiority is the key to winning in warfare, air superiority is not a, an option against these aliens because they can simply shut down any, any airplane uh, from miles away uh, with complete impunity. So humanity put Put them, put together its resources, and we're talking about the uh, the sixties uh, to create an alternative to planes, and that was the TSFs or Shinsenjutsu keyword as they are called in uh, uh, Japanese. Basically, they uh, they are robots that uh, normally hover just. Uh, they just following the the contour of the earth uh it's called neo um n o e flight uh so they're very low and uh, and they can of course also walk not just uh hover and um so they can avoid being destroyed by this laser class uh, and basically the whole uh effort defensive effort of humanity is uh, focused on these CSF. The problem is that they need skilled pilots to uh, pilot them. And um, it's actually something pretty interesting in Mavla because uh, Takeru uh, gets enlisted as a pilot, uh, as a, a um, as a cadet to uh, pilot these, uh, to learn to pilot these robots. Um, but he finds himself in a squad of cadets that are mostly women. They're all women. And the reason for that is because mo uh, most of the male, most of the men, this war against the better is, go is going on for decades. So most of the men have already been sent to the front. They're already been killed. Uh, so there, all the cadets that are left are all women. So Takeru is the only man. And he's completely useless because he, he is a, is not the guy, is not the super talented at the beginning guy that you, you see normally in anime because he is lived a soft life in our world in which is relatively peaceful. Uh, while these other people that meet, that by the way, all these ladies that is, that he trains with, they're all, um, 
they're all the, the equivalent in that word of his classmates. So he knows them, but it doesn't know them because they're different. They, they, they think differently because they have, they have lived in a, they lived in a world that is torn by war and has been torn by war for ages. Like his, uh, drill instructor is, um, Marimo, Sergeant Marimo Jinguji. She is, the equivalent of uh, his teacher. <laughs> so he knows them, but he doesn't. They're completely different in the way they think because the whole culture in this alternative world is uh, based on the fact that humanity has been at war for uh, decades, while in our world, humanity lives in a status of relative peace. So this, the, the whole setting is familiar and realistic, but on the other hand, alien in the way that people think. Uh, it's very clo much closer to like how people would think in World War II, for instance, because uh, the whole set of ideals and ideas is uh, forged by a state of constant warfare to avoid extinction. So basically, Takeru uh, starts training with this group of people and uh, i won't tell any anything else about uh marvel of ultimate unlimited because it would spoil it but basically what happens at the end uh, at the end of uh marvel of unlimited something happens and uh, in and and the game ends uh the ending is absolutely fantastic i won't spoil it but something happens and at the end of uh marvel of unlimited takeru finds a uh, the new game in Marvel Alternative, which is the third game, he finds himself at the beginning, back at the beginning, where he was in uh, um, in his room, um, back in time, basically, back in in, in alternative uh, reality, uh, before he wasn't listed as a cadet, but still in the alternative world where there is the war against the aliens. But even if he went back, he retained his knowledge of what happened is experienced as a soldier that he, he slowly and painfully gained during the second game and even his physical fitness. So he is, is not the useless idiot that he was in the first game and he is now a full fledged soldier. So it sets about, uh, trying to do something to improve the situation. And now it, in the third game, he finally has the tools to, because he is a soldier that has been forged in this new world. So I won't tell anything else about the three games, because I want you guys to enjoy them. But the one of the things that are, that are awesome in the series is the way in which Takeru matures from the first game to the third. Basically, it starts from... Uh, a status in which he is the usual high school student is not good, is not intelligent, is not smart, is not, is, he has nothing special, but he start, he still gets thrown into this world in which he has to adapt and to become a soldier. And with, through a lot of issues, problems, being a way, a dead weight for his squad and all that, he finally managed to become useful. And that is like something that is very unusual in Japanese 
media because normally we have this thing in which the protagonist is almost thrown into being a hero effortlessly. And uh, on the other end, in the in the, tr- the original Marvel trilogy, you leave is tr- is like uh, is maturation from a completely useless high school student to the hero in a way that very few Japanese media do actually do well. And uh, it's you really, really start caring about him. And, and this is not even linear, because even when he is fully at the top of his form, still things happen that throw him down again. So it, 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 I, I can't say much without spoiling, but it, it's a very, his, his maturation from zero to hero is one of the most engaging thing I've ever, I've ever seen in an anime. But it's not the only character that progresses, like all the cast does that. And the fact that we have seen the characters, uh, the, most of the characters, in the first Marvel love, in a peaceful environment, just going about their life, their romance, and uh, their uh, their usual everyday life, and we see them thrown into this war-torn universe. It they the game makes us scare, and then it hits us in the stomach like really hard when something really difficult happens, and it really it, it's probably one of the games that of the game series that are most emotional in many ways because it can be really, really harsh with your heart. Like, it, I've, I've known people that have been genuinely hurt by Marvel Alternative, like the the third game of the original series, uh, because it does, it does hit hard in many ways. Um, finally... Um, I, I won't say much more because it really about the first three games because that will be a spoiler. Um, so the thing is that uh, Marvel Alternative hurts so much that it's kind of a pity that in a good way, like in, a, in an enjoyable way. I'm not telling that it's something that you will not enjoy. You will not enjoy it if, if you dislike Harsh stories, I guess. Harsh, dark stories. If you dislike that, you probably will have problems with Marvel alternatives, uh, because the tone of the series goes from very bright in Marvel to kinda in the middle in Marvel Unlimited. Uh, I mean, in Marvel Extra, it's very bright. In Marvel Unlimited, it got, it stays a little bit, it hovers in the middle. Uh, and then in alternative, it becomes super dark, super tragic. Like, it's literally a 180 from Mavlov to Mavlov Alternative. And that's one of the charms of the, of the series. Uh, that being said, um, the only three localized games are Mavlov, uh, the Mavlov package, which is Mavlov Unlimited and Mavlov Extra, uh, and then, uh, Mavlov Alternative. After Alternative, there is a fourth game. Uh, unfortunately, has not been localized yet because the, the localized game are only uh, the original Mavlov, which so it's Mavlov Extra and Limited, and Mavlov Alternative. But there is a fourth game that is uh, its title before the Shimmering Time Ends uh, was uh, uh, published as part of uh, Mavlov Altered Fable, uh, which is a fan disc on uh, 2007, so right after uh, Alternative. 
But the problem is that um, we're not get, getting altered fable in the West because, as not many know, Mavlov was originally a PC uh, game and it was etchy. So it was a adult-oriented PC games. So what we're getting in the West, uh, unless you patch it with the um, director cut, are the... Um, the PS3, the, the console versions of the game that had, been, that had the sex scenes removed. So there is a director patch, patch um, on PC on Steam. Uh, well, not on Steam, but you can apply them to the Steam version to restore those, of course. Uh, but the... <coughs> sorry. Before Shimmering Time Hands was... <coughs> sorry. Was originally rece- released in one of these collections that was an adult collection of games. Um, but uh, what they're doing for the Western market uh, is releasing the console versions. So uh, Before the Shimmering Time Ends is in one of those PS3 collections called Photo Melodies. There is Photon Flowers and Photo Melodies that um, gather um, most of uh, the best uh ulterior releases that Mavlov got. But this means that we're not going to play before the Shimmer Time ends until Photo Melodies come out. And it's the second of those um, collection that's coming out. So it's going to take at least until next year, I believe. Uh, because now um, AG and and um, Xtil... Uh, sorry, it's not Xtil anymore. They changed their name in Anchor. They're working on Photon Flowers. And then there will be photo melodies. So photon flowers and photo melodies, uh, they basically uh, include what was included in many of the collections that were released on, on PC, um, save of, of a few things. Uh, but yeah, before the Shimmering Time ends, basically it's the fourth game of the series. Initially, they thought it was just a spin-off, but it's actually the fourth game of the series, and it was recently, relatively recently. Uh, revealed and it's kind of a catharsis because alternative really punches you in the heart really badly and uh, um, and before the shimmery time hands kind of gives you closure but I can't you tell I can't really tell you how or why because that would be a spoiler again so just keep in mind after you finish alternative that there is more and uh, that will give you closure but it will take a little while to get there so what we can we expect from Photon Flower and Photon Melodies? It's quite a bit, actually. So in Photon Flowers, uh, we have uh, um, another romantic uh, game, which is before the Sakura Trees Bloom. bloom. And uh, then we get uh, a, few, a few games, uh, a few visual novels that are kind of short and uh, um, give uh, a wider vision on the alternative and unlimited world. So uh, especially we get uh, Mavlov Alternative Chronicles Atonement, Mavlov Alternative Chronicles Inheritance, Mavlov Alternative Chronicles Chicken Divers, uh, Rain Dancers and Confessions, uh, which which are really great because they give you an alternative view and it's not actually alternative. It's the same word of alternative in which you actually get to see other what happens in other nations uh, in the world 
of Mavlov uh, while the Beta are invading. So you get uh, some set in Italy, some set in uh, Europe, some set in um, in many countries, and that's very that's uh, a great look, even because you get to see different cultures, different way of thinking, and they put a lot of effort in creating a entire word and a saga that makes sense as a whole so that's that's it after you finish alternative there is a lot to look forward to in uh, photon flowers and that continues with photo melody uh, melodies because we get uh alternative chronicles aspiration and resurrection with our uh, with, by the way, uh, sorry, um, adoration and resurrection. Uh, in, 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 and by the way, adoration is one of my favorite, uh, because, uh, it looks at the, uh, European front and in, uh, and you get a German squad of, um, of, uh, uh, TSF, which is the robots. Uh, that um, I was talking about before, and that it has some of the best characters of the series. So I, I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, sorry, it was aspiration, uh, but yeah, you got what I mean. Uh, in any case, um, and and then in at the end of Photo Melody, you also get this before Shimmering Time Hands. So the thing is that so far in English, we got only a little bit of the series. Uh, there is a ton more and it gets really, really wide and really, really epic. Really, really tragic in some ways as well. And there is more beyond this. Uh, there is things that we, because so far they announced only, um, they announced only Photon Flower and Photon Melodies, but there is more. Because there is Total Eclipse, for instance, which is a kind of contemporary to, uh, alternative, but, uh, what happens in Alaska? Uh, there is a squadron testing, test, testing some new TSF. Um, and, uh, this, there is actually an anime of this, uh, which is also still called Mobile Alternative Total Eclipse. So if you want to watch the anime, uh, if you can't wait for the game, because we don't know if it's going to be localized, I hope. Um, but that one is also pretty good. And then there is, uh, there, there is more. <laughs> there is the Marvel of Alternative Chronicles series, uh, which is uh, um, interesting because uh, it has some of it, of the, of the contents. There, there have been four volumes that have been released so far, but it's not finished. Uh, I actually got confirmation from uh, Ixtil or Anchor, not, as they call, call now, that they're still focusing on con- continuing this series. Um, and some of those appeared in Photon Flower, uh, of the short stories that were in these collections appeared in Photon Flowers and Photon Melodies. But uh, there is uh, the Day After series, uh, Mavlava Limited Day After. And as I... and, and as the title says, uh, you can you can see that it says Mavlov Unlimited. Uh, basically, what happens is that this is the continuation of Unlimited. After what happens after Unlimited, and before Takeru finds himself back into um, into um, into his room at the beginning of Alternative, and. This one gets really dark, maybe even darker than alternative. So, and unfortunately, 
since it hasn't been finished in Japan, the the day after yet uh, there is no indication on when on how it will be localized. Uh, but I, I've been playing in Japanese and it's absolutely awesome. Uh, I really love it. So this is the thing in, in of the alternative of Mavlov is that it goes back and forth and literal, literally in 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 the timeline in a way that sometimes it's com- confusing, but it's absolutely really fantastic because it gets into very very interesting science fiction theories that of alternative worlds that. I can't spoil, but they get interesting. And in a way that sometimes you get into alternative, for instance, the third game, and you finally understand what the hell was going on with some of the scenes in the first games. Because it explains the, what caused those things that initially seemed strange and out of place. Uh, so it's really interesting and really engrossing to see how the the game and the series kind of expands in a butterfly effect more or less it, it's they put a lot of thought into it and it shows and it's something that's rare even for the best visual mo- visual novels uh but yeah uh, on top of that there is more <laughs> of course uh, i'm not done uh there is uh, besides some like comedic spin-offs because there are some of those as well there they semi recently uh, released the Svartz's Market and Svartz's Market is uh, the um it's basically a prequel it's set in the 80s and uh, it's uh, set in uh, um East Germany um so basically it's like super dark um, following the uh, story of an elite squadron of the under the the East Germany, so they have this very big shift in ideals because, of course, East Germany, even in these alternative wars, is a communist country, and you don't get much. Uh, of course, it, it's not super realistic, but you don't get much in terms of Japanese. Um, media that have protagonists living and fighting in a communist country. So it's a, com- it's a completely different, uh, view on the world. And, uh, it's really, really great. And I'm, they, there is also an anime for Schwarz's Marken. So if you don't wait, want to wait again for the localization, you can watch the anime. Even if unfortunately, uh, the anime only follows one route. So, um, unless you agree with the heroine that's being chosen in that, uh, in the anime, and I don't, <laughs> you're probably going to uh, enjoy it a little less. Uh, personally, I enjoyed the game at the, actually, it's two games because it's a series of two games. I enjoyed the games a lot more, uh, because I was allowed to choose the heroine that I liked, uh, which is, I can't understand how anyone could not choose her, but I guess that's the thing with most visual novels that have different routes. You can't understand why people would choose another route that is not your favorite, right? Uh, in any case, Svartis Marken is a great look at a completely different view of the world, and uh, it's really original in the fact that the protagonists don't only have to deal with the better. 
because of course there are still the beta there, even if it's in the eighties, because the beta actually came in the sixties. So they they don't just have to deal with this ruthless enemy that is attacking, but they also have to watch their backs against the Stasi, which is the or Stasi. Uh, sorry, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not German, and I really in German I don't speak it. So uh, it, it's the secret police in East Germany that's like plotting to gain power despite the beta menace. So there is a it's it's kind of a more of a mix between science fiction and spy story you could say so and there is more <laughs> yeah there is more uh there is plenty more mini games games uh short stories and stuff but if i if i and actually they are also working on a new beginning which is basically 80 years in the future um it's not it's a plan for now, so we do not know exactly when and if it will be published. But uh, there was the only thing they shown was a teaser book, like a almost more more a pamphlet. It's a few pages that were released, like I think last year. Uh, but it's just a setting book, so they show some characters, some TSF, which is more more modern, of course, because they are uh, eighty years after. Uh, it was also teased in uh, Marvel Alternative Strike Frontier, which is the recently closed uh, mobile game, but we never got to see how that evolved because uh, they closed the game. Uh, and they said that the uh, setting for that will be published in a pamphlet that will be sold at comic this summer in August. Uh, I will actually try to grab that when I go to Japan, even if I'm not going to Comic because I'm going to in, in September, but I will try to find it because I'm really curious. Uh, but in any case, um, the universe is ever evolving, uh, even if the pace is a little slow because AJ is slow as a developer. Uh, but there is so much to, to get. And I really hope that, that, um, Anchor will localize everything sooner or later because this series really is worth playing, like, in its entirety, not just the main three games that we got so far. So we're getting Photon Flowers, we're getting Photon Melodies, uh, which is all the short stories in different thing, in, in different settings, and the uh, for, fourth game-ish that kind of completes the main series before the Shimmer in Time hands. Uh, but, again, we'll have to wait a bit for that. And then... Uh, Anchor, which is uh, the new name of Ixtil, which is a publisher, actually teased recently that they have a new project in the works. The works. They did not actually confirm it's a Mavlab project, but I would be surprised if it isn't. So we may get an announcement of a new Mavlab game soon. I really hope so. And I am actually, when I go to Japan, I'm actually going to try and investigate if I can manage to get a, uh, interview with them. I'm not sure yet, but I will definitely try, um, and see what I can dig about this. In any case, um, there is so much and there are more elements that make Movlo special, which is one thing that you would not really expect of a visual novel series is uh, some of the back the best mecha design in a video game ever. And that is something Mavlov has in spades. The mecha design in Mavlov is one of the f most fantastic I've seen in a long time. Uh, 
what they what they did was actually getting inspiration from uh, real life jet fighters because basically what happened, as I told before, is that um, the humanity went a different route because the jet fighters were not viable anymore against the beta. So they built this mecha that is TSF, but they are still inspired by um, the jet fighters that that we have in the real world. Pretty much like the same designers went a different route because they, the jet fighters route was not viable anymore. So, and they are really good. Personally, I... Behind me, I have a whole, sh- actually two shelves full of, uh, mecha figures from Mavlov because they're so good that I could not, I can't, I can't restrain myself. Every time I go to Japan, I come home with one or two suitcases full of these mecha and they're like they're super cheap because they they've been released 10 years ago. So I, I can't hold myself. <laughs> I actually had to pay overweight a couple of times because of those in, um, with my luggage, with my, the the plane coming back, <laughs> but yeah, the the mechanic design is one of the most fantastic that you will see not in a visual novel series, in gaming in general, in mind in media in general. Like it definitely is on par with the best mecha anime that you can think about, like Gundam or uh, Macross or whatnot. And it's surprising because in a visual novel in which you don't fight. Because it's the usual visual novel gameplay, you would not expect such a refined mechanism, but we got it. And that's also makes the science fiction aspect of Mavlab really, really enticing. And uh, so yeah, that's if you like mecha design, if you like science fiction, Mavlab is definitely a series you should play. So yeah, uh, I gave you an overview of Mavlov and uh, why I really like it. Uh, there are a ton of other reasons, but uh, if you want to get into the series, now in English, of course, now you have two ways, which is um, Steam, uh, in which you can get bot Mavlov, that, inc- that includes extra and unlimited, and an alternative separately. Uh, and then there is the PS Vita version, which is also the same split. Extra and unlimited are in Mavlov. So if you buy Mavlov, it has extra and unlimited in them. And if you buy alternative, of course, it's alternative separately. Uh, why would you buy one or the other? Well, more or less, uh, the Vita, of course, does not have any degradation of the graphics because it's a visual novel. So, yeah, uh, you won't get any specifically better graphics on PC. Uh, what you do get on PC is uh, the ability to install the uh, director patch, the director cut patches, which uh, which add a little bit of add, restore the adult scenes that were cut from the um, console version. Because as you probably know, uh, on console they will not certify a game if it includes adult scenes. Uh, so if you're into that kind of stuff you should probably buy the PC version and apply the Director Cut patch. Director Cut patch has a cost. So it's something you purchase separately. Uh, it costs 5 bucks for each. So 5 bucks for external and limited and 5 bucks for alternative. So it's 10 bucks more than the price of the game if you want it. Uh, I will have to give you a word of caution. 
which is that uh, the sex scenes in the game really do not add much to the story. The story is perfectly, perfectly okay and perfectly enjoyable without the sex scenes. It's really a bonus if you like that. Uh, some of them actually feel a little bit shoehorned in, in, in because maybe the, the authors wanted to, you know, please a certain crowd. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't like censorship at all. So I actually use the patches because I want to get the original experience. But if you don't care for that, do not think you're missing on anything because you're not. Uh, you, the story, Mavlov, you played for the story. You don't play it for the sex, definitely. <laughs> you do not. That there's simply, it's simply a, such a inconsequential accessory to the game that unless you really care about that, I wouldn't even waste the, the 10 bucks, honestly. That, that, that's your, that's your decision, but that's really the only thing you get. From the PC version. Uh, on the PS Vita version, of course, it's self-explanatory. It, you get poor stability if you have a PS Vita still. Uh, so the decision is really whether you want portability or whether you want the ability to, um, to restore these few, uh, the, because there are few scenes, by the way, these few sex scenes that were in the original releases of, uh, uh, Marvel Extra Unlimited in Alternative. Like, they're really, really few scenes and they're really just an accessory, if you like that. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much it in terms of Marvel. Uh, personally, if you, if you don't hate visual novels and if you like science fiction, because I think the science fiction is the, most important attractive part of the series i think you you owe to yourself to to try and play Marvel, at least Marvel of extra and unlimited the full experience i would not advise to play only extra and unlimited i would advise to play all three they're not super costly so i think you can afford it but definitely you should um you, you always do yourself to try them if you like science fiction. And if you don't hate visual novels, okay, of course, they're visual novels, so you, you, you know what you're going into. You're not going into a super branching storyline, especially for alternative, which is kind of linear, and you're not going into any specifically complex gameplay. Uh, but the story is absolutely fantastic, so I cannot recommend it enough. The only issue, again, is that only those three are, have been localized, so you're going to have to wait for more. And if you play those three, I think you're going to want more. So keep, keep that in mind <laughs> that you're going to be there and wanting for more for a while before other games are released in English. Unless you do like I did. I bought everything in Japanese, and then I played in Japanese because I could not wait. So, yeah. In any case... Definitely, I definitely advise to try the, the original three games because they're great. They're fantastic. And that, that is it for, for, uh, for this, um, for our main topic for today. So we can move on to the news. They're gonna have, uh, we have quite a few news. Uh, actually, I'm going to get some older ones since I skipped an episode. Uh, one thing that, uh, you probably already know. Is that Code Vein has been delayed to 2019. So they decided to keep it a little bit 
longer in the oven. I think they were a little bit intimidated by the fact that this fall was really, really crowded. And also probably the fact that, um, that they got some really positive feedback at various events, even E3. So I think they realized they have a winner in, um, in the stable. So they kind of want to release it in a period in which it's a little bit calmer, which it can get a bit more spotlight. And probably they also want to refine a little bit more so that now they have a winner, but they can have a real, real hit if they refine a little bit more and get, take a little bit more time with it. So I'm happy actually that I delay it because, uh, you know, I was a little worried that I, that the release was close. Um, and they would, it would not get all the positive than it required, but now I think it's gonna get a little bit more polished and it's probably gonna get to be a better game as a result. Um, Sony, actually, Sony's, uh, mobile subsidiary, ForwardWorks, is going to release a new Arc the Lad game, a mobile game. It has the uh, the old staff, so it's probably going to be worldwide. It's mobile, and it, they're going to reveal it fully in uh, on July 30. So really, in, in one week from now, um, it's mobile again. Uh, you're gonna have to swallow those that 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 pride and play it. That, that's what I am going to do, and uh, I wish it was console, honestly, but it isn't. Then. Uh, Sega shown some screenshot of the Yakuza 3 PS4 remaster and uh, it shows uh, the ladies of the hostess club, including two new ones that are usual porn stars, JAV, JAV uh, stars and uh, this kind of puts to rest the rumors that this feature would be censored because definitely that there's not going to be any censorship of this feature if they're going to put new ladies into it Um but uh, we don't know yet what they're going to do with the Western release because we don't even know. It's not even confirmed yet. So uh, there was some kind of uh, like mention from Toshiro Nagoshi about that, but it hasn't been announced yet. But in Yakuza 3 was uh, the, f- uh, the first PS3 game. And back then they actually censored the uh, Hostess Club part of the game. Uh, after that, they did not anymore. Sega actually redeemed himself with Yakuza 4, 5, and, 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 and such, and included that part. So I think that is actually going to make it into the Western release that's probably going to come. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, Ghostlight has released a PC version of Mary Skelter's Nightmares, coming uh, to Mary Skelter by Compound Heart. It's a pretty good... Um, Dungeon crawling RPG uh, with uh, horror teams and lots of waifus as well. It's a compiled hard game, so you probably can imagine what it is about mostly. So yeah, uh, we got a fantastic interview slash mini documentary at um, with uh, Shigenori Soyojima. Well, I say we got, but we actually just received it from uh, a the YouTube channel Archipel, which. Is the, as uh, is the same people that worked on, on Toko Toko, uh, Toko Toko TV, which was an, they basically just rebranded the channel in Archipel, and uh, it's um, the series is created by a French director Anne Ferrero, uh, which is 
her style is fantastic. And it actually talks a lot about uh, Catherine Full Body, the remake of uh, Catherine. Uh, but it also talks a bit about the studio, studio, the new Studio Zero, Studio Zero by Atlas. And we actually get to see how they, uh, enjoy some relaxation, like they build, uh, uh Mecca, like Ampla and stuff. So it's, it's a very interesting, uh, interview slash mini documentary. If you haven't seen it, Go back, search now, search for Shigenori Soejima, and you will find it. Uh, which is also, if you don't know him, his uh, personas, the character design in the modern personas. So you definitely should watch it because he is a fantastic ass artist. Um, they revealed God Wars Two. We got the first character's image. God Wars Two is not God of War, <laughs> the one without Kratos. Uh, but it's, uh, uh, the, the strategy RPG series by, uh, Kadokawa Games. Um, it's actually directed by their president, uh, Yoshimichi Yasuda, uh, and it's set in Japanese folklore. Actually, this is interesting because the sequel is going to be set in the transition between the word of gods that was pictured in the first game and the word of men. So it's gonna be some kind of Ragnarok-ish, uh, I'd say, team in which the word of gods gets um, supplanted by the word of men. So I'm I'm interested to see what's gonna happen. Uh, we got a new trailer featuring the opening cutscenes of Valkyria Chronicles Four, and unfortunately, what I suspected happened, which is that again we lost the theme song. So the the opening cutscene won't have the theme song that the Japanese version had, it gonna have just the BGM. So, unfortunately, because the theme song was really, really good. I, mean, I was a bit sad about that. Uh, they released a new official website for Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. Uh, it was a little bit of a mystery, because some uh, mock-up um, cover art had a copyright with 2019, so some people decided, even some side decided to report, oh my god, it's delayed 2019, we don't know yet. Uh, it's a mock-up though, so I wouldn't put too much credit into a mock-up, uh, even because the whole site still says 2018. Um, and also the introduction says that it's gonna be 11 years after the release of the Ace Combat 6 Fire of the Fires of Liberation, and 11 years is in 2018. It's in October, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, we're probably gonna have no more in August at, um, Gamescom. Um, we're gonna have a, I think we're gonna have a release date because, uh, the producer, uh, Conosan said that it's going to be announced soon and the game is going to be at Gamescom. Uh, last time we got a big reveal, it was at Gamescom. So I'm guessing it's gonna be a release date at their game show. So we can, we'll know if it's going to be a 2018 release or delayed to 2019. Uh, I hope to play it soon, but if it's delayed to get a better game, as usual, you know my stance here, it's going to be fine. Then Cyborg Connect 2 gave an update about this trilogy of Vengeance, which is Fuga, uh, Tokyo, Aggregate, and Cecil. Basically, it's three games that they created, that they pull out of a uh, developer bash that they had in house. It's going to, they're going to come, uh, simultaneously worldwide in 2019 for PS4, Switch, and uh, PC, and also Xbox One. So everyone's gonna get to play them. Yay. Then, we got plenty of new gameplay of Goat Eater 3. 
uh, we, sh- we actually saw for the first time the whole squad of NPCs in action. Uh, and uh, most interestingly, there is going to be a new demo in Japan, uh, not a downloadable demo, but a demo event in Japan on uh, in September at the beginning of September, uh, that is actually going to have the debut of multiplayer. So uh, we're probably going to see footage from them pretty soon. Um, and I'm guessing it's going to be playable at Tokyo Game Show then. They did not confirm that, but I think it, the game is going to be publicly playable there. I'm also guessing that probably we're going to get a release date at Tokyo Game Show, but again, it's not confirmed. Is my speculation. Uh, we got a release on Steam, a sudden release on Steam, uh, of Galgon 2 by, uh, Integrates. So, um, they released that, like, suddenly, and so if you want to play that on PC, that's available right now. Uh, then, uh, we got a new character, new, a returning character for Soul Calibur 6, and that's Voldo. Finally, <laughs> it was leaked by Microsoft. Like, I think among the latest characters, Talim was pretty much the only one was not leaked. Like every single card got leaked one way or another. The one was leaked by Microsoft Israel that they published the, the trailer early. So yeah, I, I think Bandai Namco with Cell Calibur 6 can't catch a break. Uh, everything gets leaked. It's like a, a leaking boat. <laughs> they have like some really big holes in that boat. We got the release of the release of, uh, the reveal of Claire Redfield from Resident Evil 2 remake. We also got a rich collector's edition uh, with the Leon Stitch statue, but that this one is exclusive at GameStop and EB Games. Uh, and they also revealed some art. The, they revealed the box art actually, uh, which is kind of nostalgic but kind of new as well. Uh, we got a reveal of uh, Digimon Survive, a new Digimon games that is about a boy and a girl that get lost in an alternate world and they have to survive. And they say that the evolution of the Digimon will be related to the selection the player make. They didn't explain it, but it's pretty interesting. And uh, I guess we can go full circle since we talked about uh, Arc the Lad for mobile. And uh, Sega is... Uh, Teasing a new fantasy star JRPGs, and it's also for mobile. Uh, this one's gonna be revealed tomorrow. So, yeah. Well, there's that. I'm gonna play it. It's fantasy star, so I really want to play it, but it's going to be for iOS and Android. That's, they didn't even tease the, the platforms. They didn't even like keep them hidden. They just said, here is it. It's for mobile. Don't get your hopes up. It's not for consoles. So, yeah, that's that's that. And that's pretty much it for news uh, this week. Again, sorry for the break. Uh, for, ne- for next week is going to be, again, the regular programming once a week on Monday. Uh, next week, again, we are going to probably have a special guest. Uh, I'm actually having to confirm is if it's going to be on next, next week's episode or the week after. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to tell you who, that, who it is because, of course, I want to make sure that it's in the bag before I, um, before I shoot a trigger. I pull the trigger, but, uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation. Um, when it happens, which is going to be 
this coming week or the next one. I'm not sure just yet. So next Monday or the Monday after. Um, of course, we're getting into uh, deep into the um, season of events. Uh, San Diego Comic Con just ended. Uh, we are going into Gamescom at the end of August. And I'm going to be there. So I'm going to have a lot of previews and stuff for Japanese games there. Because there is always a big Japanese presence at Gamescom. Definitely going to try to play Ace Combat 7 because I know it's going to be there already. Um, and uh, Dander is going to be the big event. Tokyo Game Show is going to be at the end of September. September uh, from, I believe, the 21st. On the 20th or 21st of September, and for four days, and I'm gonna be there on the show floor, consuming my shoes and trying to get all the news, the interviews, and the previews I can get for you guys. Because you know, you know, Tokyo Game Show is my very favorite event of the year. As usual, I'm going to stay in Tokyo for a longer time. I'm going to stay in Tokyo until uh, from actually from the uh, I believe 14th of September I believe in Tokyo until the 4th of October, in which I will try to, uh, I'm going to get a lot of coverage of uh, Japanese games outside of Tokyo Game Show as well. So, you know, I'm going to, uh, to hustle to get you guys as much information and as much, uh, interesting stuff as humanly possible. Beyond that, this episode's done. So thank you again for listening. Thank you again for supporting us. If you enjoyed this episode, please put a, a thumbs up in, uh, on, uh, on YouTube or where, anywhere you can, uh, listen to this podcast, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, if you have comments, please left the, please them, leave them in the comment section of the article in which the, um, the podcast will be embedded. Remember to be constructive, but if you have like any suggestion for, uh, topics for the next episodes, also, uh, we're definitely interested in, uh, in hearing them. Uh, but again, any constructive criticism you may have, any suggestion, we're very open to receiving it because again, this is an experiment. Uh, I'm having to do it by myself. I'm a newbie for podcasting. I'm not an expert, so I'm definitely not perfect. I'm very far from favorite. And I still hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh, so that's it. Uh, thank you very much for listening again. And I'm off. Goodbye. <laughs>